The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download, a course powered by the Speed Sport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Of course, I am your host, Taylor Burris, along with my partner in crime, Justin Prince, and our producer, Richard Colbreth. And Justin, we have two really great guests joining us here today. We have one of the winners from the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series, of course, from Pocono, as well as also one of the top competitors in the iRacing Off-Road World Championship, Keaton Swain and Jonathan Delaney, join us here on the IRD. It should be a fun episode to say the very least. It's been an eventful past week or so once again on the service, especially when it comes to new Indianapolis road course action coming up as well on the platform. There's a lot to talk about, but of course, as you mentioned, a lot of the focus for some of the top teams in all of eNASCAR competition is all on the eNASCAR Road Pro Qualifying iRacing Series in its second round. Plenty of drivers ready to see how they can do it. Pocono and Taylor... To start things off before we transition to one of your two split winners, it was an eventful one for many of the drivers with a lot to discuss after social media posts throughout the race is it's, in turn. It certainly was a lot of great competition. Drivers struggling to find a right run setup to, in order to race at Pocono. Drivers succeeding and making major gains in the point standings. And as a matter of fact, Two of those was none other than Jonathan Delaney, who joins us here on the iRacers Download, and Boyd Hogan, both of them picking up this top A and B splits for those two events. So we actually have Jonathan with us here, and Jonathan, of course, congratulations on your victory here for this second race of the qualifiers. Your thoughts on this, and how confident do you feel regarding this race that you had at Pocono? Um. So yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Um, yeah, man, I, I really going into that race, wasn't expecting to win. Uh, I knew we had a good piece, um, you know, maybe a top five, possibly top 10 car, um, but wasn't expecting, um, to, to win. Um, I think we got a little lucky with some of the, the front runners at the start of the race pitting and being involved in the cautions in the back of the pack. So uh, we got a little lucky there. Um, and we really just, you know, state i don't think we got any worse than third once we took the lead uh we we stayed up front and uh tried managing tires and, and just we played the right strategy and we were there at the end um it was really 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 hard holding off kyle myers there at the end um uh it was uh he was he definitely had a, a bit faster truck than me so being able to hold him off was, was a very hard task to do 
Now, as the race progressed, of course, at Pocono with these trucks, I mean, it's a very difficult racetrack, of course, with three different styles of corners, and you can really carry a whole lot of speed in some of these corners. But the fact is, though, is that tire fall-off that everyone seems to struggle with later in the going of these races. How were you able to adjust, make those needed adjustments in order to come out on top of this victory and some of the strategy plays? Because there was a lot of things going on in your split during that race. Yeah, so yeah, tire strategy was big. Um, if you didn't save any tire towards the, the start of the run, then you were really struggling for grip towards the end. So uh, just, you know, simple things, of just backing up your entry or something just as little as waiting uh, to, uh, like, uh, just be as easy as possible with the gas and waiting as long as possible to, to really get full throttle is really the, the key to to any track trying to save tires so you know just little stuff like that um just to really save tire and uh, to, to have the, the long run speed and we definitely had a good long run car as well setup wise um we didn't we weren't really set up for the short run so we were just trying to hold on short run wise and uh just try and be there at the end and the major thing that went a bit under the radar until after the finish was 364 days prior, the driver you are the crew chief for in eNASCAR competition for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series had won his first RTP race, Briar LePrad. How big was that support from the team after picking up that victory at Pocono and just seeing the wave of support coming in through social media with the momentum boost as you described? Yeah, so it, it was actually really clear, crazy to think how me and Briars win in the Road to Pro round two races were almost an entire year apart. Uh, it's it's crazy to think that, you know. But um, yeah, the, I mean, once I won that race, um, you know, I, I you know tons of support from the team, and obviously I supported the team as well for for you know making me and getting me in that getting me in that situation because without those guys at lockdown racing, I I don't think I'd be in that situation. So uh, you know, a lot of shout out to those guys for uh, for bringing me on and really helping me out the, this past year. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, this is my really my first time. Uh, my first year going I rode to pro so I definitely think I you know me as a driver everyone looked at me as you know uh not being able to go out there and and, and win or you know even possibly run well like others so uh, I think everyone kind of put me uh, under their radar and uh was really glad to go out there and get a win and really show uh, my speed and uh how well I can uh, compete on the top level one question I do need to ask as well, though, is on social media, there was a lot of rumbling after what happened in the RTP splits, especially in the opposite split with some of the big ones. How is your take in terms of what you've looked back at the tape on or may have noticed with some of the incidents? Because there was a lot of uh, disappointment from some of the social media posts from some of the fellow drivers in your splits. From my point of view, uh, just from this my race, I thought it was a great race. Uh, you know, obviously because I, you know, I ran up front mm -hmm. the entire time, and uh, I really wasn't towards the back of the pack, and, and that, that's really all where the wrecks were. But um, you know, I going back watching the the replays and 
the broadcast it it definitely wasn't um as some i would say probably they didn't expect it to be that bad um but you know when you get to this level um you know some people they just kind of they drive over their heads and you know sometimes the situation gets just too much for them and they just make you know simple mistakes that you know they really don't uh think that they would but during that situation it, it's just stuff like that's just bound to happen but uh yeah i it from you know a driver's perspective being back there i'm, I'm really glad i wasn't back there because that that was just um it would be a lot to handle i mean going into a race like this like i said we knew we had a fast car so uh you know be starting up front was you know really good uh place to start but if you're towards the back of the pack and uh you know you have a good car and you get wrecked like that it, it's it's not a really good feeling at all so you know qualifying is is huge no matter where you go it, it's just going to be huge every week so i mean a, a goal for me is just to qualify top 10 every week and i, I think that just doing that is, is going to keep us out of the wrecks and uh possibly even make it onto the contender series and one of the things people don't realize, we mentioned it a little bit, as your Twitter profile mentions, Enascar crew chief and experience this season with Briar LePrat, who, mind you, is in the hunt for the top 20 in points currently. What's that like on the Enascar Coca-Cola iRacing series side of the garage, trying to help Briar LePrat, who's in his rookie season? Oh, it, it's, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, it, it's lots of fun every, every other Tuesday to, to go and crew for Briar. Um, it's just a great connection. Me, Briar, and Anthony Alfredo, we, we just have a great connection. And uh, I think we're, you know, we all started out as rookies during the start of the year being uh, in that position. So uh, we, we've learned tons from the first week at Daytona till uh, last week at Pocono. So, uh, you know, we're constantly learning. I'm learning, Anthony's learning, Briar's learning. So we're all learning. And I think, uh, you know, obviously we're just trying to get this rookie year out of the way and uh, try and get Briar to stay, stay top 20. And then next year we can uh, really put down the hammer and uh, really have some good finishes, hopefully, and maybe uh, a possibly a win, too, because uh, over at LDR, we seem to just be getting quicker and quicker every week. So, um but I think uh, as long as we can stay top 20 with Briar, keep him in the top 20, I think we're going to have a really good year next year. Well, Jonathan, one final thought is, of course, you know, with Michigan up ahead for you guys on the next schedule here, how confident do you, are you looking forward to trying to get another win possibly this season to kind of give you an extra boost for the point standings? And also, you know, how difficult is this championship for people to come in and race in? Yeah, so a uh, Michigan, uh, that's probably one of my favorite tracks, top favorite tracks on the sim. Uh, where we're feeling pretty good. Been putting in lots of laps, um, solo car wise. Um, towards the end of the week, though, we're gonna have to start uh, doing some pack runs and seeing how the car is in dirty air. But uh, as of right now, we we feel really good speed wise and handling wise. Uh, we just have to tweak it out a little bit more in dirty air. Um, but yeah, getting into, you know, first of all, road to pro, um, it, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, you obviously you need a high enough I rating to, to make the, the second round of, of road to pro, but then, you know, once, you know, you make round two, you know, you got to finish top 20 out of 70, uh, 70 other people on the sim that made round two. So 
you know, that, that's really hard to do. Um, you know, this is like, this is my first year doing this, so I'm, I'm learning, you know, each step of the way, but, you know, having uh, a lot of guys on LDR that have been through the, the same thing, like Briar went through the same thing last year. So, you know, him telling me, you know, uh, what uh how he got through it and people like zach novak and you know taylor hurst who uh, you know i've been doing this for for years now uh it's definitely great to have their knowledge and uh try and bring it into to each race and in each round you go into but uh you know it's definitely very very hard to 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 move up from you know first round of road to pro to second round of road to pro then the contender series then obviously into coke which is is going to be even harder to do so um i look forward to um you know that this journey of working my way up uh it's going to be fun and also sometimes probably pretty stressful but i'm ready for it and uh, i think uh i think we uh, might have a chance so we'll see Oh, Jonathan, you mentioned you had a Twitter. Where else can people go to follow you as you compete in the 2022 Road to Pro Qualifying Series with eNASCAR for round number two? Uh, yeah, so just just check me out on Twitter. Uh, it's just going to be Dulaney Jonathan. That's my at. Uh, pretty simple. Um, you can check me out there. You can check me out on Instagram, too. Jonathan.underscore.d. Uh you can follow me there, but I don't really post much there. But you'll see most of my posting on Twitter, uh, and you can follow me there. Uh, and that, yeah, that, that's about it. Um, yeah. Well, Jonathan, thank you for coming on the iRacers download this week. Good luck to you for the rest of the season, both in the qualifiers as well as with also the Coke series being crew chief for Briar, as we will see you possibly on future episodes. Yeah, possibly. Thank you guys for, for, the, for the time and the interview. Thank you. That is Jonathan Delaney, winner of the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series at Pocono for race number B. And, of course, coming up after the break, we are joined by championship contender for the iRacing Off-Road Championship Series and winner this season, Keaton Swain. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers Download at the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. I'm Justin Prince, along with Taylor Brewers, with a producer, Richard Colbreth, as we turn things over to the dirt side of the platform, specifically to iRacing Off-Road Competition, as the iRacing Off-Road Championship Series went to Wild West Motorsports Park for what was expected to be a busy night of action once more, especially since throughout that championship, Two drivers have been the most consistent. Connor Berry and Keaton Swain have gone back and forth for the championship, but as a result of Berry picking up the victory in round 11, it was Connor Berry who took over the points lead from his good pal in Swain by seven points after the round. Swain, of course, did pick up a second ahead of Berry, worth noting, in the second race of the night in round number 12. Keaton Swain now joins us here on the iRacers download, and Keaton... Boy, oh boy, has it been a battle throughout the championship this year in the Jumpy Trucks. How's it from your perspective for the championship? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been good so far. Um, definitely been close here between me and Connor. Um, there's a couple guys that are still in it, but, um, you know, we've just been doing our thing and trying to be consistent and, uh, you know, picked up a couple wins along the way. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the person that wins this championship is just going to be the uh, the guy that's the most consistent. So, 
that's what we're shooting for from here on out. You know, if a win comes, it comes. But, um, you know, if we can just keep it in the top five, I think we'll have a great shot. How would you describe the, the round 11 and 12 night for you in that night? Because it did have some crazy moments where, if you look towards some of the main screenshots, you were doing a bit of a bicycle mid-corner. Yeah, it uh, definitely could have been worse. You know, luckily I uh, regathered myself after that happened. Um, it was kind of a little net code incident where um, I kind of got inside Connor's truck there, and for some reason it just made my truck come to a stop and turn me right right into that K-rail and kind of flip me back around. So uh took some damage from it, but, um, you know, to be able to salvage a six after that, you know, I, I can't complain. Could have been a lot worse. Um, obviously, I would have liked to been p2 behind connor and give him a run for his money but um you know we take the uh the good with the bad there and uh definitely could have been a lot worse um but in the second race you know i guess that's the fortunate thing is we got a good starting spot with the invert and uh we were able to get into second there and just ran out of time trying to catch the the leader there but you know we'll take a p2 and uh you know gain a couple points back on connor there to reiterate Connor Berry picked up the first race victory of the night, second race of the night, round 12. Jacob uh, Rafas picking up the victory by nearly half a second over Keaton Swain. And Keaton, in turn, how would you describe that preparation process for these types of races? Because a lot of the competitors you are up against, you've raced out and against in the real world and in the virtual world for since, really, off-road racing became a staple on the platform. Yeah, for sure. Definitely have a, a lot of uh, uh, experience, you know, with racing with these guys between the leagues. And um, I haven't raced with too many of them in real life, but um, we do come from the same discipline, some of the guys. But um, luckily, you know, we all kind of know how each other race going back to the league racing. And th that helps a lot, you know, puts on a, a good battle. You kind of know what the, the other guy is going to do. So, that helps for good racing and, and, you know, makes it clean for sure. But, um, all in all, you know, I just the battles, you know, on track is, is the biggest thing and just, um, you know, keeping it clean and racing with all these guys, you know, goes a long way when, uh, we've all run together for so long. It absolutely can be as Taylor, I think can emphasize, we've seen that too, especially with I racing short course competition with some of the plenty battles we've seen Taylor. It certainly has, and I and I have to ask with you, Keaton, regarding this. I mean, you've been on the service for quite some time regarding this, and how do you think this style of racing with the championship has kind of improved the competition of iRacing in general, as well as comparing it to what others have tried to copy when it comes to this style of racing with off-road? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, a competitive field. Um as far as you know from uh, the guy in first to last but uh you know once you a lot of people figure these trucks out you know they're hard to uh they're easy to drive but they're hard to master is the is the best way to put it which uh you know once a lot of these people are starting to get better and better as the season goes on and start driving them more you'll see you know the times close up a lot and which puts on for great racing and uh only thing that's tough is just you know with the inverts is being able to pass you know some of the tracks get so one-lined and just, uh, you know, running on the bottom and hugging the K-rails, especially on these tight tracks like Wild West and Wild Horse, where uh, the 180s, you know, that's the biggest thing is being able to figure out how to pass and make a move without running someone else's race. So that's the biggest thing when it comes to these is 
is just learning how to to go about that part of it. Now, also, I've noticed that outside of, of course, the virtual world, you're also actually a competitor in off-road racing as well. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, I, I used to race. I don't race uh, short course anymore. Um, I ran from 2010 to 2019, um, all the way from limited buggies up into a pro light uh, truck. So um, we used to run out on the West Coast in the Lucas Oil Series. Before that, I ended up shutting down. So we, we sold our stuff and just been doing uh, some circle track dirt racing for now. But hopefully one day um, when the time is right and the money's there, you know, we'll get back into uh, short course because I, I sure do miss it. When you were, go ahead, Justin. I was going to ask about that because did notice when doing some of the background research that you had that swing with not just some of the short dirt track oval racing with a dwarf car, but also some pro truck starts on the pavement out at the bowl rain at Las Vegas, for example. What's been that like that transition in your career going from something you've raced in since childhood to moving over to more of the smaller oval battles at the short tracks. Yeah, I, I definitely love the, uh, the short track racing, whether it's dirt or, or pavement, you know, um, it's obviously a lot cheaper too, um, with it being local and, and just not as much upkeep on the vehicle. But, um, you know, I like to drive anything I can get, uh, myself into, but, um, definitely the most fun thing I've ever driven and is definitely short course. Um, Definitely would love to get back into it, but for now, you know, just sticking to the oval stuff has been fun. And um, like I said, if I can race anything, it'd definitely be back in the short course, but hopefully one day we'll be able to get back there. How would you describe switching back a bit to the virtual side, that dynamic between yourself and, say, Connor Barry? You mentioned a bit of the championship fight, of course, in terms of the opinions on that. You two have been tightly intertwined throughout a lot of the league action, especially with the league that Barry helps organize too with iRacing Short Course. Your thoughts on that relationship with your championship rival? Yeah, me and Connor definitely have a good relationship and uh, I love racing with him because he's, uh, he's a clean racer, you know. Um, just never can get away from him though with this, whether it be his series or, you know, Vores or even this World Championship Series, we always seem to be neck and neck in points and on the track, but... Um, luckily been able to hang on. We've seen the points have been, you know, very close. He seems to be in front of me one race and then I'll be in front of him the other race. But, uh, one thing I got to work on is qualifying. He's been getting me and the much valuable points from, uh, qualifying that you get. And that's something I've tried to work on, um, a couple of times it's, I've been able to get those qualifying points, but, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing for these last two weeks is just being able to, uh, be in that top five so I can, uh, hopefully not give up too many more qualifying points on him or better yet, try to gain some on him in the qualifying. So the next race night is scheduled for August the 3rd, Bark River International Raceway. Your thoughts for that night as the season approaches its final two race nights of the campaign in the final four races. Yeah, Bark River is definitely a good track for me. Definitely uh, prefer Bark River and Cranon, which has lost two rounds than uh, over wild horse and wild west so i'm happy about that um like i said you know just being able to to qualify good and be up front is going to be the biggest thing because um this this track will get more spread out because it's a bit, little bit more wide open so it's not going to be as tight of a group i guess um so you know you're gonna have to make your passes early but um be curious to see for bark river this next week the track when we ran there a couple weeks ago 
got super slick and actually the time slowed down quite a bit which is something we none of us have seen on the uh the short course side of iRacing where the track slows down as it blue grooves it usually gets faster so um i think setup and uh being smart is going to be uh the big thing there for uh, next week it should be intriguing second to last round absolutely with bark river where plenty of intense battles have happened when it comes to the league scene it should be fun to see how the pro championship action takes place setting the stage for what stage for what could be an exciting championship finale the final time around where can fans follow along with you on social media to be able to keep up with your action, whether it's in the virtual world or whether it's with the real world action you talked about in terms of hitting the racetrack across the United States? Yeah, all of my social media is just uh, at Keaton Swain, just my first and last name. Um, most of my the, the sim racing stuff is going to be on our team page, uh, which is uh, Factory Sim Sport. So uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. So um, you can follow for the the sim stuff you can follow our team over there at factory sim sport thank you very much for the time keaton yep thank you that's keaton swain second in the championship standings for the iRacing off-road championship points after 12 rounds of action heading off to rounds 13 and 14 august the 3rd once more starting at 8 30 p.m eastern time on iRacing social media platforms from bark river international raceway when we come back after the break it's the news of the week you're listening to the iRacers download with Justin Prince and Taylor Burris with the producer Richard Colbreth from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on this in the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris back here with Justin Prince and our producer Richard Colbreth as we cover the news of the week. And let's actually go ahead and cover regarding the events happening over for the iRacing Off-Road Championship as they had their doubleheader over at Wild West. And it was an exciting, chaotic, and high-flying action all across this event here for this event race, as we saw. But it, like we said, Connor Berry takes over with the points lead in race number 11. And then, of course, in race number 12, it was Jacob Rafoff who come home with the win there as well. And it was talked about by Keenan Swain, the troubles that he's referring to lap 10 of that opening race Shuffle the championship towards Connor Berry's direction when you think about the momentum where you had that contact with the barrier. And in turn, a 360 was the way that it's perfectly described by some in terms of that contact. Still capable with the sixth place run in race one. But keep in mind, with Berry in that momentum, we've seen it pivot back the other way. Hence, with the invert, remember, Swain was able to hold them off in race two of the night. It's going to be intriguing, though, how this championship bears out to the bitter end because it is going to be wild. And I mean wild. Very wild indeed. Of course, the next round is heading back to Bark River International Raceway on August the 3rd. So we'll see all the action starting off with the All-Star Race happening at 8.30. The Pro 4s then head off to the series at 9 o'clock on iRacing and Race Spot streaming services. We're not done with the world of dirt racing. As a matter of fact, the, of course, World of Outlaw iRacing Butt Kicker Late Model Series season opener at Fairbury kicked off with a photo finish, and it was a battle all the way to the finish there between Hayden Cardwell, a former series champion, and Evan C., who came home in second. A very tight battle between these two, when it's Evan leading every lap but the one that counted. Yeah, and that's the tough thing. The timing of caution flags is so critical, right? 
to be able to hold on to a race win, to hold on to a race lead. And essentially, that's been the main talking point. The 2020 Series champion, of course, Hayden Cardwell, did need a caution when you consider things to set up an opportunity on Evan C to try and battle for that race win. But it was an eventful one, you have to say, after the hiatus, because you had Cardwell, of course, having to make his way through the heats, doing well. You have C doing well. Kendall Tucker returning, doing well. Logan Rumsey moving over, doing well. It was an eventful run, to say the very least, throughout that entire event to see how that return for the late models would fare out. It certainly was, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of this championship is going to go throughout the rest of this season. The next race is, of course, on August the 1st, as they head to Wisconsin's very own Cedar Lake Speedway. Catch the action at 9 o'clock on all of iRacing streaming platforms and on Dirt Vision. And speaking of dirt racing still on the oval side, a brand new teaser was released during the season opener of the iRacing World of Outlaws Butt Kicker Late Model Series as a brand new dirt racing game with partners with iRacing as well as also World of Outlaws released. And it is pretty exciting to see iRacing's go with console gamings with, of course, their partnerships. Yeah, with Monster Games also involved. Remember, we talked a lot about Monster Games and their development with that partnership at iRacing World of Outlaws. It's the return to console gaming for the first time in two decades, Taylor. And I found the teaser intriguing because there was some positives, obviously, with it. I think that will bring positives for the iRacing side in the future with some of the different options for the lower tiers. But it's also the question mark of how Monster Games will step up as time goes on. Because that's the major mark to me was the tracks look very stunning. And it's a solid platform, I think, at least to begin the console venture, to be able to give a proof of concept. It's not easy to be able to switch mainstreams from one grouping to another grouping, as we know, Taylor, as a business. It takes a lot of time and development. And I think what we've seen in the teaser is a good, solid platform to start things off for iRacing in their partnership with Monster Games and World of Outlaws for the console side. It certainly is, of course. That full trailer will be released in the month of August as well. The game is expected to be released a little bit later on on all consoles, such as, of course, the Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 on September 27th. We're excited to see that as, of course, it is utilizing 13 officially licensed tracks along with a total of 40 other styles of tracks also in the game. Stay tuned for more information as we look ahead with excitement. Now to a little bit of the asphalt side of things. A update to the brand new Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course was released this week. And Justin, it is a phenomenal addition and a great way to continue on this amazing updates that we've been seeing here on the iRacing service. Yes, indeed. You mentioned updates, updates, updates. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course comes to mind in particular with Season 3 Patch 3 that came out. And that was something that was waited upon for a couple years with, of course, what happened a few years ago with the world. But with the all-new scan data, you can tell the difference in particular, I noticed, not just with the updated road course layout, Taylor, to have that layout and the updated curbing, but also just some of the details added to just the pagoda in of itself the difference it makes just with some of the scan data i noticed with some of the infield portions of the racetrack 
to keep up with some of the updates. It is a stunningly beautiful racetrack in the first place. It's a stunningly beautiful update in particular noticed around that racetrack to have the road course. It certainly is, and it's going to be great to see what other updates could we see all across the iRacing platform when iRacing makes those announcements later on this year. Well, we do have also one other point to mention, as of course none other than the Cash Converter Supercar E-Series, as Brody Kostecki and Jared Fissell came home with a dominant victory over in the Sand Downs for the E-Series season opener and the Endurance Race. Very exciting to see the supercars as well as the series, both real life and virtual, coming together once again at a track that we've been excited to see these truck cars race on. Sandown, almost an intriguing racetrack as the home of horsepower, but boy, oh boy, did Brody Kostecki and Jared Philzel dominate. And I mean dominate. They were the last team to make the driver swap in that event, Taylor. And they were just untouchable. At least a couple seconds quicker a lap in some cases. And the best way to really say it is, I guess this is the first time for some meeting Brody Kostecki. Welcome to the Brody Kostecki and Jared Philsell experience and their sim racing experience. It certainly is, and it's going to be great to see how the rest of this championship will come about as the next race is a fan choice. We won't know when the racetrack they'll go and compete on until the day of the event. Well, we have a couple of events to preview. Of course, the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series heads off to the great city of Chicago for the street course for their all-star event. And as we touched on also, the E-NASCAR Qualifying Series heads to Michigan International Speedway for their third race of the season. A lot of things looking forward to ahead to these two championships. Of course, one taking a little bit of a break for a little fun, and the other is all laying it down on the line to have a chance to get one of those 20 coveted spots. Absolutely. It's going to be a wild night, I think, for all-star competition on the E-NASCAR side in particular because Chicago, of course, is not an easy racetrack in the first place as the pro-invitational competitors really emphasize trying to sort out that racetrack. I think when you put the E-NASCAR pros there battling for the all-star race, though, I think they will be able to take it up that extra level and showcase a little bit more of what's to be expected for 2023 in the real world for what we'll see from some of the performances and some of the hard charges you need to make to get around that racetrack. There's a lot of intrigue to say the very least for the city of Chicago and this is a huge part of that process of building up that excitement for 2023. It certainly is and with that it's time that we come to a close to this week's episode of the iRacers Download. For our two special guests, Jonathan Delaney and Keaton Swain, and my producer, our producer tonight, Richard Colbreth, my co-host, Justin Prince, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download in the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Pass.